Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy Tax Friday to you. That's right, October the 15th. If your taxes are not in today, good luck. <laughs> Enjoy your your uh, your penalties. You know, the IRS is never sleeping. And particularly under this regime, it will not be sleeping. They have added tens of thousands of IRS agents. Not only that, they want into your bank account for $600. Or more a month. They want to know about your deposits. I mean, can you think of anything uh, more totalitarianism than that? Fascist? You guys, I mean, we skipped socialism, which I told you we would. I told you. That's, that's one of the things I'll say. I told you so. Um, President Trump was right. America will never be a socialist nation. God bless you, sir. You're correct. We've moved directly past communism into fascism. And why don't I sound worried about that? Well, because I know that I am passing through this place called earth. I know that. And while I'm passing through though, I have faith that God hears my prayers. He sees my needs because that's what my faith tells me. And that's also, um, what I've lived. It's not just because a book wrote it. It's because a book wrote it. I believed it. I received it. And I uh, practically applied that word to my life. And you can too. And I hope you do during these times. Because if you're waiting for people like Pete Buttigieg to get on his job, (laughs) this just made me laugh out loud. (laughs) Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg, whatever gosh, the jig is up on this dude, has been on paid leave for months during the supply chain crisis. I mean, you know, the old adage, you know, when the, when it, when the, when it rubber beats the road, right? When it gets tough, the, the tough, you know, this guy gets, gets gone. I mean, the nation appears to be heading for a looming meltdown, uh, with regard to our supply chain issues, but I got to tell you, you know, when you think about what's on those carriers, and there's a whole lot of blame shifting occurring right now with regard to supply chains, and is it the truckers? Is it the port? You know, what 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 is it? And um, the truckers are taking a lot of heat for it. Of course, California has recently passed legislation that would prohibit. Uh, truckers from operating the vehicles they do now uh, in the next 10 to 15 years. So a lot of people have taken on the attitude of, well, why would I invest any more in, uh, in the operation I currently have, right? Uh, it's kind of like, you know, cab drivers. Can you imagine in the era of like Uber and Lyft and those dude paid like $150,000 per medallion in uh, New York City only to discover that, you know, nobody wants to take them anymore. But that, I, you know, side note here, anytime I'm in a major city, especially New York, Boston, D.C., um, 
I will on occasion take an Uber or a Lyft, but generally speaking, I ride with cab drivers only because during the 2016 inauguration, I learned the hard way that uh, people come from all over in order to participate in the capitalism that they so vehemently uh, abhor online and in their politics right? They all come here from other countries. They've been brainwashed by CNN before they ever land here. And uh, in the meantime, they're out trying to make a living. And so being the little capitalistic spirited people that they are, they cross state lines. They have no idea where the hell they're going. So you get into an Uber and I legitimately had to give directions to my Uber driver, like on my GPS. And I'm thinking, Okay, nope, not doing this anymore. Not to mention, I'd rather be in a car with someone who's actually bonded, um, you know, so I either do Uber Black or um, or I'll grab a cab. And so I still support our cab drivers. So at any rate, all that to say, it's kind of the same, right? Like things are things are evolving or devolving, however you look at it. I happen to think this whole green, see, a lot of you guys laughed, you laughed about the cow farts and and there's no way that people could be this just I don't even know what you would call it. It's lunacy on crack. Like it is beyond maniacal. It is when when you look at the Green New Deal for what it is, it effectively implodes the entire country. And it has you not eating meat, it has you eating some kind of weird it's not even spam. Like, you stand more of a chance of having meat byproduct, actual meat in spam, than you do in whatever this new greenhouse fake meat is that's been harvested in greenhouses, right? Got to do away with cows because of their flatulence. And uh, we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to retrofit buildings, every building in the country, right? This whole thing is nothing but a bunch of hoobly-goobly, and you guys know it. That's all it is. This whole car, we're headed for an ice age. (laughs) I am absolutely convinced of that. So all of this retrofitting the country, um, you know, any sane person knows that we're on our way to bankruptcy. That is not to scare you. It is to prepare you. Right? I mean, can you imagine how the Israelites felt knowing they were going into captivity again? Right? And God told them. And I'm not saying that we're in captivity, but it kind of feels that way, does it not? I mean, think about that. Whether this government is real or staged or it's all a LARP, you know, who knows uh, whether any of that is the truth. We know this things do not look good for the United States of America. And I honestly don't know how much longer we will be the United States of America because every single uh, poll I see that you guys participate in says that you're ready for a divorce. So if you're ready for a divorce, you better get ready to do things locally and state by state. Right. That's that is your you need to start forging your inter and intra state relationships now. That needs to happen now. You need to be thinking forward thinking if that's your plan. I mean, I've 
I've contended that we should have had a convention of states. Uh, I, I think that's just lost all steam because I never hear anything about it anymore. And it's, and I got to tell you for a while there, I thought, well, that's actually the way forward. I, because once I, you know, was edumacated on exactly what occurs in all of the, uh, stop gaps, if you will, that would prohibit us from just annihilating the Constitution altogether. Uh, you know, once I realized that those things were in place and how difficult it is to actually, you know, create a constitutional amendment, how many folks have to agree, how many have to disagree. I mean, it's it's a whole thing, right? But it, with decorum included. In, but now, <laughs> now that I look at Congress and I'm like, oh, interesting, so now you really get to pull the curtains back on the land of Oz, right? And see all the little wizards. And they're not all Democrats that are that are voting for our demise. That is very disheartening, but it is absolutely true. You can look at everyone's voting record recently. You've got an infrastructure bill that is ultimately, I believe, going to serve as a bailout for a lot of these jackleg companies who are mandating vaccines. I do not buy into the narrative that, oh, the poor CEOs, they don't have a choice. They're afraid of lawsuits. You know what? Anyone who enters into the business realm automatically factors litigation at some point during your, during, if you don't, you're, you're foolish. Every successful business mogul I know who I'm personally friends with, will tell you litigation is honestly the cost of doing business in most industries. It just is. It's awful. I hate how litigious our society is. I will tell you that. But it's a it's a fact. So I don't buy for a second that these people are so afraid. And I see you guys parroting that on Twitter. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Quit talking like that. It's nonsense. Businesses are afraid of lawsuits. Really? Why? Because someone caught COVID and they can't prove it was on their American Airlines flight. Just as one example, how are you going to prove that? We're all moving about all the time. And so what are you testing everyone on the flight? I got to tell you, I can't, that airline is, is the most incongruent with their name ever. I will never fly American Airlines again, ever. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to cancel my account. My frequent flyer account. I've never been a frequent flyer, but they're the most un-American airline, period. Between United, huh, more like divided airlines, but between United, who just, you know, historically has been, I mean, in the past, what were the stories we saw? Just basically verbally abusing their passengers, having them hauled off of aircraft. I mean, it's it's nuts. It is nuts. The skies used to be friendly, but... I guarantee you the infrastructure bill is it all up in that trillions of dollars is uh, is money for these dudes who are who are who are golden parachuting their way out of this man-made fabricated manufactured crisis. And what I'm I'm not saying that COVID is fake. Not saying that at all. I happen to believe that it's absolutely a bioweapon that was unleashed. And not only on us, obviously. So, hands down, that is my fundamental belief. If that makes me a conspiracy theorist, then so be it. 
That's your opinion, and you're certainly entitled to it as far as I'm concerned. But all evidence points to these things, these patents, money that was spent, allocated, labs here stateside, labs in China, Fauci, Dr. Fraud, Dr. Death, Dr. Burks. Where's Dr. Burks in all of this? Where is Dr. Burks in all of this? I don't think it's coincidental that we, all they blabbed about for the first three months of COVID here stateside were, were the correlations between HIV and COVID, SARS-CoV-19. I mean, a lot of correlations. And that's how they were, quote, dealing with it. That's how they were, quote, handling it. You can look at quotations from Bill Gates out of his own pie hole, his own TED Talks, talking about how you, how you mitigate too much earth traffic to save the trees, you have to get rid of humans. How do you do it? Through vaccinations. Those were out of his mouth. That's not a theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. That was out of his face. And he's not the only one that speaks that way. You know, I have friends who have served in the military who are still mortified by the images they encountered when they were serving in the military in certain parts of Africa, when Bill Gates initially unleashed vaccines. And the stories that these guys tell me about spontaneous abortions, watching babies fall out of women's wombs, women screaming, bleeding profusely, miscarrying in the streets, Baby screaming, children screaming. I mean, it was, there's a reason Bill Gates is not invited, is not even allowed into certain regions of Africa and other countries. There's a reason for that. But we welcome our philanthropists, right? Because they pour a lot of money into foundations and causes that that we like to champion and all those little idols and little G-gods that we like to stand up on our shelves and we go home with all of our ribbons and our plaques and we feel so good about ourselves. And, you know, well, he can't be that bad because look at all the good they've done. (laughs) You know, it is just the naivete is something that is really mind-blowing. Speaking of, you know, awful people. um, So I've noticed here, where are we? Yep. Well, former president, uh, Bill Clinton is, uh, apparently hospitalized with sepsis. No idea if it involves COVID or any of that. Who knows? Sepsis is definitely a serious thing. Uh, my family contended with it a couple of years ago. And the last thing you want to see on your doctor's face is holy crap. Somebody go get the sepsis cart. Um, because it is, it is very real. Your organs shut down. They can, Um, You better get to it and get to the specific bacteria. So I see everyone online, you know, praying for, and I see Christians and conservatives and, and I meant what I said and I'm not taking it back. Uh, But, you know, things that I could not possibly care less about for 200, Alex, that was my response. And I stand by it. Some of you thought, well, that's not very Christian. And that's just kind of tacky. No, well, maybe, but it's honest. It's honest. Listen, I pray for my enemies. I I have very specific prayers for my enemies. I pray exactly according to scripture. From the New Testament back to the Old Testament, back to the New Testament. I mean, scriptures are in harmony. 
So I don't pray ill things upon my enemies. I don't have to. Because God's justice will always prevail. So I pray that people will be removed from their snares, that God will give them place to repentance because the word says that it's the Lord that leads you to repentance. It is his Holy Spirit that will lead you to repentance. So I pray for that. And then if you're still practicing oppression and murdering, and and I'm not saying that Bill Clinton did, but if you're still um, if you're still playing tiddlywinks with the enemy, and your behavior has an adverse effect on an entire nation, then at some point my prayer becomes, Father, do your thing. And so whenever I see that Bill Clinton is in the hospital with sepsis, I'm not shedding a tear. I'm not online saying, oh, prayers and speedy recovery for the Clinton family. Because, you know, just two days ago, we were retreating, retweeting from, from Juanita Broadwick, who's like, you know, the whole family could basically burn in hell. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, because he's sick, we're all going to be holy. Nope, not me. <laughs> I don't play that. So, oh, that's awful. And everyone does it. Everyone does it. Look what happened with Nixon. It always amazes me when people die, right? You got to love it. John Lewis included, you know, other people who have been like fire stokers. And, you know, Nixon was just brought shame upon the office of the presidency. Public, public shame, right? (laughs) Just, Just resigned in shame. And for decades, people have talked nothing but trash about that dude. As soon as he croaks, everyone's like, a somber moment for, you know, former President Nixon as he's being, he is lying in state. I mean, and I just, I marvel at that. I really do. I marvel. And listen, I'm not saying that you bash the dead, right? I don't agree with that either. And honestly, being raised Orthodox, we tend to pray for people even post-mortem. I mean, we have memorials for a reason. We're constantly living up the name, we're lifting up the names of the dead to, uh, to the heavenly realms, Right, and memory of them, memory eternal is actually a liturgical uh, hymn that you can hear on my album Windows, which you can download anywhere, and uh, you can find it at my website too, monicamatthews.com, but spelled with two T's. But memory eternal, but you know, I'm just one of those people, and I do it, I've done it with my family. I've been to some funerals where I'm sitting there listening to the eulogy going, Am I at the right funeral? Right? Do you guys have friends and family like that where they're just horrible, rotten people in life? Rotten, wicked, awful, horrible, divisive, right? Bitter, just always gossiping, starting crap between family members. They're just awful, wretched, always aligning with the enemy, always. Just ratchet, right? And they die, and you go to the funeral for whatever reason to pay your, quote, respects. <laughs> and, and someone gets up to talk about this person, and you're like, hold up. I got to look around. Let me look at the program. Is that Aunt Martha? Okay, well, that's her face. Is that her body in the casket? Because the eulogy does not line up. So all of that to say, I'm not one of the fakey, phony ronies who you're going to find, you know, uh, talking about Clinton-sided and, and, and Haiti and what happened with that and, and Bill in the blue dress at Epstein Island and, you know, and all of the things that people say. And then all of a sudden he gets sepsis and everyone's holy. <laughs> everyone's compassionate and merciful. I'm like, 
come on, y'all. Give me a break. So anyway, uh, last night I posted something that you guys found pretty amazing. And, uh, and it actually, you know, came from a friend of mine, a very trusted source. But this was pretty amazing. Uh, the quote was, what the cabal of news media, big tech, and NIH did to suppress ivermectin meets the statutory requirements for premeditated murder under state and federal law. That is powerful. And I'm wondering who's going to run with that. Who's going to run with that legally? What the cabal of news media, big tech, and NIH did to suppress ivermectin meets the statutory requirements for premeditated murder under state and federal federal law. Remember, I talked about lawfare months ago, hashtag lawfare. Some of you are like, what is that? You weren't very familiar with the term. And I said, you guys should probably start lawyering up because the only way to fight the unconstitutionality of the things happening right now is going to be with the law. You're going to have to hold the Constitution up and statutes, law, state, and federal. You're going to have to hold the law up in order to maintain lawfulness. You're going to have to take it to the courts. Taking it to Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and IG is not court. That is the court of public opinion. And some prosecutors would love for you to think that that is, in fact, a place for evidentiary findings of your character and who you really are, and that you're a nationalist, and God, you're a Christian, and you're white, and you're a male, and you voted for Trump, and you don't believe that the election was 100,000% legitimate, that's it. That means you're now on the domestic terror list. Do you see how that works? They're using the court of public opinion. You need to get out of the court of public opinion. This is not TV court time. This is, you guys keep emailing me about what can I do? What can I do? I've been telling you for months to band together. Find other people who are suing their employers. Find people at your job who are suing your employers. And get to lawfare. This right here, ivermectin. Joe Rogan. Hopefully, he's going to sue for some defamation on behalf of CNN, who's done not Don Lemon, who's done nothing but make fun and defame and 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 libel all those lovely legal terms, right? For using a what was it horse medication, right? Gotta love Sanjay Gupta. He's like, oh, well, I'm I'm going to take care of it whenever I get back on the air, and he gets right back on the air and just kind of sucks himself into his capitulation chair. He just sinks immediately. So thanks for standing up for old Joe. There's Sanjay. Perfect. So my advice to you, hashtag lawfare. This right here is something that everyone should be paying it. Matter of fact, I have started asking questions about how all of us can get involved in this right here. And then who are, who are the plaintiffs? Who are the defendants in this, right? I just said cabal of news media, big tech, and NIH. Who is it that's been suppressing all of your tweets, all of your Facebook posts, all of your LinkedIn posts? 
Who is it that's turning you over to authorities for misinformation and disinformation because you're ask, you're actually asking questions about vaccines and you're giving information about prophylaxis that actually work? Who's doing that? There's your defendant. Defendants, plural. So something to consider. And that came along with one American News Network's headline, um, about ivermectin shedding light on the history and the benefits of the drug. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of benefit to the drug. And I see people online right now who are, you know, they started a little too late or their doctors are arguing with them about it. Again, you know, get your supplies. Go to um, the, uh, the, the doctors. I've got Doctors Without Borders on my mind right now. But the frontline doctors, go to their website. Get you know, preemptively order things that you may need in case you bump into a very real virus, which again, I happen to believe is a bioweapon. Uh, last but not least, we have the case of Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, uh, which most of us are watching uh, with eyes wide open. He did enter a plea of guilty uh, in court today. He said, or yesterday, he says, I was never charged with a false official statement because everything I have said is true. He pled guilty. He says, I do not believe general officers are held to the same standards as junior leaders. And because of his uh, critical nature of what happened in in Afghanistan, let me tell you, he is joined by uh, no less than 98% of folks in uniform today and of the past who I'm in contact with who 1,000% believe uh, with him. I mean, they agree with him. I don't believe he's going to see jail time, apparently. I think this is going to result in um, a dishonorable discharge is what I'm reading. I don't know as more details of that come out. Um, it's a, uh, I think, what is it? Okay, there you go. Thank you. Uh, it sets the maximum. So he has been set at the maximum punishment punishment at letter of reprimand, according to sources inside the court. Uh, yes, this is absolutely political persecution. Uh, we are seeing it happen uh, consistently. We all know the military abides by their own rules of uh, in accordance with military conduct and uh you know going online and and outing you know you know what's really sick about this i mean there's so many things right but let's just stop for a second and think about millie right he's literally said there is nothing wrong with me telling a communist party chinese friend <laughs> hey man if things start looking like we're coming for you, I'm going to give you a shout and let you know. How is that How is that excusable? How do you just wink at that? How do you turn a, a, turn a blind eye to that? I mean, forget about the fact that he's a megalomaniac whenever it comes to things of, you know, the CRT nature, right? And this whole... This whole fanning the flames and bloviating around disparity and inequity in the in the military. I mean, God Almighty, if you're not equitable in the military in terms of you know everyone's a plebe at some point in time, right? I mean, if you're if you're uh, NCO, everyone for the most part, aside from your rank, I'm not talking about rank. I'm talking about uniformity, right? I mean, it won't be long. They'll do away with ranks. I don't know what they'll, what would they replace that with? That's actually a good exercise. 
what would the equitable team replace rank with in the like like go back to the company from yesterday that I was just you know on fire about with regard to Walmart and their twenty two million dollar man their CEO Doug who I look forward to having on my show one day Doug who makes twenty two million dollars a year is white super capitalist right mega capitalist is allowing for uh, over a thousand. Walmart employees from 2018 till today to be brainwashed into thinking that there's something wrong with them if they're white, they're guilty, and they should be ashamed. And if they're black, attempting to substantiate that they are, uh, that the whole world around them believes that they're lesser than. Yeah, and Walmart pays for this. I mean, it's amazing. And so whenever you start thinking about the critical race theorists, speaking of theories, um, and bogus theories on top of that, uh, I'm curious, what would the critical race theory protocol look like in the United States military? <laughs> like, like if we're making all things equitable, right? I mean, we started moons ago. First, we had the don't ask, don't tell. Then it was like, ah, what the hell? Come on out of the closet. Whatever you are, just be you, right? We accept everybody and that's fine. And then we went for the trans thing, right? We had the clingers, of the, uh, remember that show, MASH? I feel like a MASH unit nurse these days during this Biden regime. So uh, we had the clingers, and then we had uh, the Trump administration that was like, nope, nope, that's a liability on the battlefield to have uh, trans folks on the battlefield. Then apparently the Biden regime has undone that. So now we're back to the trans folks on the battlefield. And again, you know, when you, when you here's what I really hate about these, quote, social issues that are actually spiritual issues that have been hijacked by politicians and by profiteers who profit off of our division and other people's suffering. No joke. Here's what I hate about it. This conversation deserves an honest spiritual conversation from my perspective as a minister of the gospel. Because I've sat across from people who are struggling with their sexuality They are struggling with their spirituality rolled up into that. They are struggling with their physical and sexual identity. That is a very real struggle for many people. And what we've done is we've secularized it to the point where it's, it is, you know, it's, it's an attempt to make something. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, trendy trendy and you're talking about the torment of someone's soul and nothing angers me more than that because you've taken soulful torment of others and you've used it to 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 divide for your social for your socio-political agenda You've divided a nation over sexuality, over um, identity, skin color, right? And you've called it phobic. If people of faith do not subscribe to homosexuality, somehow that means that they are afraid of homosexuals. Now, at some point in time, Maybe that was the case. Maybe there are some Christians who are afraid of gays. I'm sure there are. I've run into quite a few of them, actually. I don't happen to be one of them. You know, for a long time, people thought, you know, well, don't drink the water. 
And they thought that about blacks. They thought that about Greeks. Thought that about Jews. I mean, you know, welcome to the fallen nature. It's not American specific. It's not white folk specific. It is human nature, fallen human nature 101. And so the only way to address a human nature issue is to go back to the creator, the manufacturer, the architect of the human as he first saw us, as they first saw us as male and female, as a Godhead of order and of light and of love and of mercy and of grace. If we're not going there and we're looking to man to legislate morality, we will We've, we have absolutely failed. We know that. We've crapped the bed. We already know that by looking at the country the way that it is. We are normalizing every form of occultic practice and thinking. And humanism and secularism is the, the, the pinnacle of, of occultism because it defies any allegiance to or honor um, of our creator who is a God of order and not confusion, a God of decency, a God of righteousness, a God of peace and joy, a God of a jealous God because he doesn't want to share us with devils, a God of love, a God of acceptance in that when you come to him exactly as you are with all of your stuff, not trying to hide anything, not trying to earn or pay your way into the pearly gates, but when you come to him through his mercy seat upon which Jesus Christ sits He receives you and he begins to change you. And you begin to take upon his reflection. That is what the word says. That's not what I say. I just believe it. And that is really comforting because it takes me off of the throne and it takes me out of the finger pointing. It takes me out of being afraid of others who do not subscribe to or otherwise align with my particular faith and the doctrine thereof. It's very liberating to understand who is God and who isn't, right? So I want to leave you with this for this weekend. I do hope that you will take some time to turn things off. I've I've seen several people on my thread who... I don't know why they've come up on my thread. I do not follow them on Twitter. I do now. One lady signed off last night for good. Not because she's angry or mad and disgruntled or just taking a break from Twitter, but because she's in her final hours of life. And she's been very candid about that on her Twitter feed. 
That was very sobering for me to read that. And in all of my complaining and worrying and all of the sin that I commit, because complaining and worrying is falling short of the glory of God, otherwise known as sin. It was very sobering for me to read that and repent of my complaining and my worrying and to renounce it and to ask God to forgive me and to set me back on his path for thinking and feeling and behaving. So I want to encourage you to get honest with yourself this weekend. Take some time with your creator this weekend, wherever you are, whether it's sunny or raining or snowy, whether you're healthy and happy or you're sick, diseased in your body or your spirit, you're angry, you're afraid, you're bitter, whatever it is, or you're hopeful. If you're hopeful and you're happy and you're praising and you've got a lot of great things going on that you can see, be grateful and thank God for those things. Open your mouth and thank him for it. Start posting those things on social media. Start posting your blessings on social media. People need to see that. People keep waiting for God to show up, and God is showing up in individual lives every day, every second of the day. So I want to encourage you to share that with the world. That is how we glorify God. Being pent up in shame about our past or where we are right now, That shame and guilt do not glorify God. That is exactly why I'm so passionate about shows like I did last night. I hate that kingdom, and I hate the spirits birthed out of that kingdom. And shame and guilt have never led anyone to liberation. Ever. That's why Jesus took it all upon himself. The word says Jesus despised the shame, and he bore the guilt of the world. Now, why would I allow anyone, including but not limited to my employer, to try to hang the sins of this country around my neck in the name of evolving in equity? Things that are really at the foot of the cross of my Savior. Everything's not equitable. It's just not. But we as humans are created equal. We are created equal and we are called to love one another, to serve one another, And so I pray that you will do that this weekend. You'll take some time to look around your family. Maybe it's just you. Maybe you're single. Serve yourself this weekend. Serve yourself a beautiful dose of mercy and grace and honesty. Get honest about where you are in your life. Take an assessment. We're so busy looking outside of our own mirrors right now because we can't believe what's happening to our nation. But we're going to take the nation back. One life, one mirror, one choice at a time, one family at a time. You have to be okay and sober-minded 
in order to make sober-minded choices regarding your government. I'm going to leave you with that. I love you. I want you to have a good weekend. You can follow me at Monica on Air Talk on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn under Monica Matthews, and I'm not on Facebook, thank God, nor will I ever go back to that spy channel. And I would encourage you to jump off of that sucker too. So uh, be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. Get some rest this weekend. We'll be back on Monday, God willing, and the creek don't rise. Okay. And hey, remember, if you're an American, act like one. <laughs>